You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chin. Chin, Chin. That's right. Yeah. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, Valentine's Day is nearly here. Don't screw it up. Get the best blanket ever for Valentine's Day. It's soft. It's a minky couture blanket. It's the gift you know she'll love. Save 50% off right now using promo code ZONE50 in stores and online at minkycouture.com. So get that blanket. Let's go. Be a hero for Valentine's Day. Do not screw it up. Trust me on this one. There's lots of ways to screw up Valentine's Day. You will not screw it up if you get a Minky Couture. Hans and I will be up there uh, coming up on Friday. All right. Let's talk to the man, the legend himself. It's David Locke. How and how. It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge. Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good. You must be having fun with Utah State basketball. It's been a nice run. I'm not going to lie. And uh, it's always nice when it's unexpected, too, because uh, you bring a team together that has no returning minutes, no returning scores, and uh, and you piecemeal it together. And all of a sudden, you're nationally ranked, and you're 19-3. and three, And, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a fun run for sure. I was reading about your head coach the other day. Oh. Kind of, that's a pretty interesting little bio. He's 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 had a lot of success wherever he's been. Yeah, fascinating that, guy. That didn't happen to be like in the Stanford News or anything, right? Like that's not like, like headed to Stanford. No. Oh, is that the rumor? Because it'll be about time. <laughs> no, I'd say the one school you got to watch out for. He's got some ties to the Pacific Northwest. Washington, I think, is the one you got to look at. Oh, who's they, the head coach at Washington? Uh, I don't know, but he's in trouble, whoever it is. I, I forget the oh, name. It was Hopkins. Hopkins was there for a while. I don't know if he's still there. Is he, he the guy? Is he the Yeah, the Syracuse. I think he's still there, the Jim Beheim, uh disciple. Um, you know, it's I, interesting when these coaches leave these blue programs that have really good boosters built in that acquire talent for them. I mean, that help like the program develop and then they have to go somewhere else without that booster program. And it's interesting how many of like the Syracuse assistants and Duke assistants and Kansas assistants don't turn out to be very good. Yeah. It's may have something to do now. What will be super interesting is what happens now that that system is out in the open instead of the way it has been for the last 25 years. Yeah. Oh, wait, John Wooden, 50 years. Um, (laughs) How dare you? um, How dare you bring that up? The the, the whole movie Blue Chips was about UCLA, by the way. Oh, yeah. Know that. Oh, yeah. Um, So, um, I I mean, it's a really interesting – it's a really, really interesting concept now of, like, you – that's, like, how everyone used to hire is the assistant. So, like, Stanford – hired a Bill Self assistant, Washington hired a Jim Beheim assistant. Like all those Duke assistants have been pretty suboptimal. There've been an exception or two, but Johnny Dawkins, Tommy Amaker, 
blah, blah, blah. It's not been great. Quinn was probably the most successful. Mike Bray, Notre Dame was only okay. So it's interesting now because those are guys who came from great coaches who were getting players however they were doing it. And now everyone's doing it that way. It'll be interesting to see what that's, how it changes, how coaches are hired in college. Who do you think plays a bigger role in wins and losses, college coaches or NBA coaches? Well, recruiting plays a bigger role in college wins than pro coaching. So college coaches have a bigger impact on wins and losses because they're, through whatever mechanism, is acquiring their talent. Right. Yeah. Well, I would I would say the same for uh, an NBA staff and scouting draft picks, but maybe it's not. Like, there's no question who's better. By the way. Yeah. Like the NBA coaches are also using you know have the best tools in the world, but their the coaching is. I mean, like I think he was your old Utah State coach, but like Odom was at Florida Atlantic and runs an NBA system against Tony Bennett and Flor in Virginia in an NCA game, and like Tony Bennett look like his eyes were bugging out of his head. Like they didn't, they never seen five out in their life and how to, how to deal with it. Like you gotta be kidding me. Like it's not that complicated, but it's what the NBA runs all the time. And it is hard to space and it is a little time um, to figure out, you know, to, you know, take some yeah. time to figure out the spacing of it to run it correctly. Yeah. UMBC, but yeah, I know you're, yeah. You know, oh, was that who it was? It wasn't Florida Atlantic. No, yeah. no. Uh, but yeah, when you run that five out, and uh, it, it's been interesting too. Just on a side note, like I have not seen two more opposite teams than last year's Utah State team and this year's Utah State team. Like, which makes it even harder to which, believe. It, it's it's crazy. Like, and usage. Like it is. It is. I've never seen two more different opposite teams than than what you've seen from an offensive so, standpoint. It, like you were running five out open last year, oh, yeah. and this year you're now, now. This year you're back to college double post. Yep. Yep, 100%. Back to the basket, big man, all that stuff, yeah. Hey. You know what? By the way, there's actually, like, they've actually had to get, get people out of the hospital who had to watch that Virginia-Miami game yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you got to get your shots in, man. I get it. Hey, uh, David. The double post. The double post should be with dinosaurs. Like, put it in the Utah History Museum. But God forbid I have to ever watch a game with double post. Please, never again. Hey, David, why did that uh, Jazz-Bucks game have such a playoff feel, such a – just a crazy atmosphere? I mean, it was, I mean, I think if you go on a 40 to 13 run, wasn't that what it was by the end? Like, that's that creates the atmosphere. Maybe um, I could give you some deep sociological answer that maybe there was a higher percentage of people in the building on a Sunday who do not attend 15 Jazz games a year as season ticket holders, mm. and that – it was a big night out for them. And so that added to a little bit of it, um, added to the energy and vibe, who knows, right? The Sunday crowd could be different than our regular crowd. It might not be too. Um, but it was, you know, you're playing well-known players and Dame and Giannis. Um, it seemed from the opening introductions that people were intentionally there to see Giannis and Dame. And so, you know, then they, that's always kind of the case, right? Like you're there to see Giannis and Dame, and then your your hometown team go. You get hot, you know. You start rooting for your hometown team. Uh, but it was fun. That was that was pretty. That, that just had a really fun atmosphere to it. There's no question. And then obviously, that was a pretty magnificent run. Tip of the hat to the guys that's staying in it because you're down 18. You know they can get tired, and then 
obviously they got tired, but you also took full-fledged advantage of it. How often are you surprised anymore? Because, honestly, I, I think all of us were watching that game in the third quarter thought, okay, well, you know, look, you got uh, – it's February. You got the uh, All-Star break coming up. It would be really easy to fold up and be done here. And then all of a sudden they go on that run, play starts rocking, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, they're back in this thing, and then they win it going away. Like, you, you, you've been calling a lot of games, but you don't see a lot of games like that anymore. So I was surprised by a 40-13 to 13 run the whole time I kind of was watching them. So there were two things that were going on in that game the whole time that we were talking about a lot on the air, actually. We rarely get it as right as we did the other night. Three things. One was they had made like 65% of their long twos and non-paint-restricted non twos. Like it was kind of – there was some real absurdity going on with their shot making. So – you were looking at like, okay, you're down 14, but you're you're not being you're not being outplayed that way, right? Like, there's just at some point that shot making. So it's probably a four point. It should be a four point game. It's a 14 point game. The second one was like, okay, they played last night in Dallas. That's a pretty brutal stretch. And so you were just kind of like, I kept thinking if we can get it to 10. The third was Dame looked terrible. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Dame looked terrible did kind of, to me, the whole game, I kept saying to Ron during breaks, like, well, he looks awful. Like, and then it was the ankle when he went to the dunk. He got the one time he looked good. He dunked it, but then he hit, he didn't come down right. Like, he just didn't look right. Maybe it was the ankle, right? And, or it's 33, one of the two. Or it's a back-to-back. And so you just knew that, like, their firepower wasn't all there. And so to me, it just kept kind of being a question, like, can we get it to 10? Can we get it to 8? Can we get it to 6? And then the last one was the fact that they had lost 3 or 5, they're one and two with Doc. They're eight and eight in January. Like, they're not right. They're, and I, I actually never thought they were going to be as good as they are this year, frankly. Um, I think I picked them something crazy like sixth in the Eastern Conference. Hmm. Um, so I, I, I just, you know, I just don't think they're right. So there were a lot of factors where you're like, okay, this one's still there for the taking. Like, and that's where I'm actually impressed that Will got the guys to stay with it and they pressed by the guys to stay with it because it was, I think it was there. I didn't think it was going to be there by 15 or whatever it took 12, like it turned out to be, but it was there if, if they kind of kept pushing and they did. Mark Kessler had a game too, David. It was fun to watch Kessler really rise up and play a big game against one of the best in the NBA and make it really difficult. And, put a couple outlet passes out there and get his block shots in. It, it felt like Kessler was more aware of the moment, better suited for that situation. Is that just a personnel fit or, or what is it that made Walker kind of stand out to me and others? So two things on this one, it's a great observation on your part, hands on the outlet pass. Um, I thought that was like one of the best plays he's made in a long time. Like that's where he's got to be. He's got to do that. There was a unique circumstance where there were two guys down there and they were open and he got it there. And like, you gotta be a little careful with it, but I love, I love the concept. Push ahead passes are, are really valuable in this league. The other one Ron Boone pointed out during the broadcast was that Walker was like in the second quarter, really kind of dejected. He has a tendency to beat up on himself a little bit. And it was cause he had missed a layup and, for so I think you know t- for him to bounce back out of that and stay highly engaged uh, and with the energy and focus you're talking about is a great sign. You know what what I thought was noticeable about Walker was our post game interview with him and then his post game press conference was Walker again, like the funny dude. The, like mm-hmm. hey maybe they'll name it after me about the dunk, mm-hmm. and like that's Walker and we haven't seen that at all this year. 
And I've got a kid exactly Walker's age, and and I've got a kid exactly Keontae's age, or within 12 months of both of them. And it's been really interesting, so do you, Scotty, um, to watch these kids play in the NBA while have, and actually I guess hands you do too, while having my kids do what they're supposed to be doing. Like, and what I mean by that is like, my kids are doing the natural developmental things that 18, 19, or 20, 20 year old kids should be doing. Some of those are not great in theory, but those are the natural developmental things they should do, right? Like my daughter somehow missed the 6 a.m. flight home for Thanksgiving. Can't imagine what happened. The alarms went off and she didn't hear them. Hmm. But that's some of that kind of stupid stuff is what you're supposed to be doing at 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. These guys are playing inside of a fishbowl with 19,000 people and another feels like 3 million when it's actually five yahoos in their basement who don't have a life commenting on everything that they do. And it's not natural. And I thought we saw Walker really get worn down by that earlier this year. Keontae, um, obviously with a tremendous performance, and you, you hear Coach, uh, we, we played a cut from him earlier in the show, where he says, look, he, he's not played point guard, and we're asking him to do some things that he's not comfortable with, and we're asking him to communicate at a higher level, and we're asking a lot of him, and here's a guy that has already well surpassed the 31 to 34 games that he's used to playing in the collegiate level, um, but yet he has a, a huge breakout game. Uh, is that something you feel like that he can build on going forward um and is this kind of a benchmark game that will hardy can look at and say look this is what you did in this game this is what we need from you going forward and is that a too much to ask of a rookie well i think the benchmark game happened like five games ago and if you have a if you have a computer in front of you, you can pull up his basketball reference or his game log you'll help me out here for a second sure and actually the story i guess involves evan brads who's our director of player development um one of the jazz assistants kind of getting into Keontae a little bit and being like, let's go. But if you look about five games ago, his previous five game stretch, Scotty, yeah. he's 22% from the field and like 27 from three. He's shooting like one of his like last 12 on twos. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Right. Yeah. And if you look at that five game stretch, since then, and it's been five games ago, I think, yep. he's taken double-digit shots in every game since. No, you're right. Okay, that for, takes from Oklahoma, that takes, from Oklahoma. So I'm just going to go through the stretch you're talking about. So you go to January 18th, Oklahoma City, one of five from the field. Um, the next game against Houston, one of three. The next game, one of eight. The next game, one of six. The next game, two of five. And then after okay. that, six of 11, six of 12, five of nine, seven of 13. Who's got enough you-know-whats to turn around out of that stretch and take 10 shots a night? Wow, that's a good point. Like, to me, that's all I need to know. I mean, you he, you could have gone away at that point. Like, you've got a five-game stretch in the NBA where you're shooting 22%. That's brutal. You could go away. Evan Brads jumps him. I think he might have been in D.C. I don't know if jumps him, but talks to him and says, let's go. Like, beat Keontae. Stop it. Yeah. And he turns around and takes 10 shots a game after that. That's a little self-belief or what's this? What's that? Uh, I think it's a Bill Simmons phrase. It's not really Bill Simmons. Everyone's used it for their whole life, but he owned it. Um, what is it? Like, unreasonable confidence or whatever? That, like, concept? Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, that's not normal. 
that's not normal, right? Like, like uh, I think I'll, you know, we've seen a lot of guys stop shooting in this league when they can't shoot. Um, and so it's great. I think that's that's what I what I think you know what's important. What happens is is important. David, do you dread trade deadline days? What part of me? Well, because you're around these guys so much, and you get to know their game, and and maybe you project what they're going to be like, and what this team could be like, and then the thought of uh, they might be moved out, and the changes, and what, and it, maybe some of the anxieties of having to figure out the new team and the new players. I I don't know. Just I just am curious if the thought of new personnel and big moves and and big things maybe happening, and if it gives you anxiety or if you dread it. So if I'm being 100% transparent, the human in me who really enjoys these guys and likes being around them and has been very fortunate that that I've made relationships with most of the guys on our team and over the years. But I also know the truth. Like, it's a time and place. You know, like... I mean, I did talk to Gordon Hayward for 25 minutes the other day in Charlotte. That was super nice. But Gordon Hayward and I used to be really kind of whatever, close, call it, whatever you want to call it. I've talked to him three times in eight years now. Like, I'm not, like, lost on this game that I'm, that I'm involved in where it's a time and place of interaction. So when we trade a player, I kind of know, that, like, I'm going to see Alec Burks once or twice a year for the next seven years get a two-minute update on his kids, and that's the extent of it where I used to actually talk to Alec Burks. Like, you know, like I really shared conversation with one of our guys. I don't want to say names, you know, on sushi restaurants across the country the other day while we're on the road. Like it was super interesting. Like if he's traded, we'll talk again. That's just the reality. And so, yeah, in that sense, I totally hate it. The fan who still like would be a Utah Jazz season ticket holder today if I wasn't call, fortunate enough to call games, great. Like, what are we going to do? What's the next move? Who's making this? What's going to happen? Who's going to take this move? What do they do? What's like, how many players is Charlotte moving? What's can Miami rectify their, their problems? The four, I mean, look at the Western conference standings. There's four awesome teams within a half a game of first place. Like who's making the move? Right? Clippers, Denver, Minnesota, OKC, who's making the move? Because it might be the difference between the four seed and the one seed, and that matters. That being said, with teams needing just one or two moves to try to make that push, uh, is is there a potential of maybe getting a first-round pick for Kelly Olenek? Uh, I saw DJ. I listened to DJ and PK today, and they were kind of doing the conversation. Like, if you could get a low first round pick is for Kelly Olynyk, do you do it? But, you know, is that enough? I think how they phrase it. Oh, I mean, I I, I love Kelly Olynyk. Like that was probably who I was just talking about as much as anyone. Yeah. Like no, numerous other conversations. Um, that is that is my you know person I probably talk to most on the team. Um, I'll phrase it this way. I don't want to get into whether you can trade Kelly Olenek for a first-round pick. The game you're playing is asset uh, evolution. 
Okay, so there's there's my Bill Simmons creation of the day. So asset evolution, and I think we might have talked about this, but Denver took Aaron Aflalo, turned it into Will Barton, and told, turned Will Barton into Contavious Caldwell Pope. Pretty good. Because by the time Aaron Aflalo at that point was retired and you're turning that same asset into Contavious Caldwell Pope who wins you win a championship, that's pretty good. Right? Denver made a trade to get the draft pick that was R.J. Hampton. They turned R.J. Hampton and Gary Harrison to Aaron Gordon. That's the game here. So if you can take Boyan Bogdanovich's cap space into Boyan Bogdanovich, into Kelly Olenek, into a first-round draft pick that you couldn't get for Boyan Bogdanovich previously, pretty good. Right? If you can turn Dante Exum at his lowest point of value for Jordan Clarkson, who was a damaged asset at the time, into Jordan Clarkson for a first-round draft pick, that's pretty awesome asset evolution. That's, and that's the game you're playing here. That's the new buzz parade. I like it. We're gonna Asset st- evolution? Yeah, we're going to steal okay. that one. You're welcome to. Trademarks. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, you, I think you need to get some T-shirts made. Asset evolution. We'll cite you when we use it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> David, appreciate it as always, man. Good stuff. Hope you're. I hope you're well. Hope the family's well. And uh, have a good call tonight. Yeah, have a good one. All right. Well, this will be a fun one. Thunder. Oh, well, yeah. Only two teams in the NBA: top five offensively and top five defensively. Boston Celtics, Oklahoma City Thunder. Why are we talking about Clippers, Denver all the time? Should we be talking OKC as a finals team? Yes, we should. Thank you, David. Yeah. Yeah. There he is, David Locke, right here on ninety-seven five, the KSL Sports Zone. Yeah, very much. We should be talking about yeah. them because I think they've got. Maybe the second best player in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, should we give away tickets right now before we go to break, or do you want to do it on the other side? Your call, Lloyd. Let's give away tickets, shall we? It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Let's go. It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win Jazz Tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZOLE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. Caller number 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE. You win a pair of tickets, see the Jazz and the Golden State Warriors at Delta Center coming up on February 12th. Coming up next, Good, the Bad, the Ugly, right here on The Zone. Up close and in person. Oh, that was filthy! Listen all day, every Tuesday, for your chance to win jazz tickets. As The Zone will give away jazz tickets at 30 past the hour, every hour, all day long. It's Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Every Tuesday, all season long, presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. And on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. Good, the bad, the ugly right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You know, every now and then, Hans, you run into a uh, a player who just kind of transcends their sport. Yeah. And Caitlin Clark at Iowa is one of those players. Now, look, I don't... I don't care if anybody likes or dislikes women's basketball, but you cannot deny the fact that Caitlin Clark is bringing viewers like crazy. Uh, her Hawkeye team and the Maryland Terrapins played over the weekend on Fox. It drew 1.6 million viewers, making it the most watched women's basketball game in the network's history. 
take it one step further, TikTok uh, put together a Caitlin Clark cam that just streamed on TikTok, and all it was was just a camera focused on Caitlin Clark throughout the entire game. Hmm. That drew 800,000 viewers. Jeez. That's crazy. And it just followed Caitlin? Just followed Caitlin Clark on the court. She's a fascinating personality, and, you know, I I really didn't like that interaction she had with the, I believe it was an Oklahoma fan, where she ran into the Oklahoma fan and flailed and f- flew to the floor, and the the whole interaction seemed disingenuous and weird and fake, and I, I just didn't get it. But you know I'm a Caitlin Clark fan. Yeah. Like the way she plays the game. She's made it fascinating. I haven't been as drawn to women's basketball this year as I was last year. The, the the women's Utah team is not gelling. It's just not moving like it was last year, even though they do still have some of the pieces. But some of the early injuries that they dealt with, one of their leading scorers and some issues I know have, have hamstringed them. But Caitlin Clark is – she is the showpiece. Yeah. I, how, now, how many – how many college men basketball player would draw eight hundred thousand to a? I don't think there is a college, a current college basketball player. Now, if Bronny James was killing it at USC, maybe he would be the guy, but which he's not, is not, which yeah. is not happening. Um, and so, uh, I don't think that there is a singular college basketball men's player right now that would draw what what she's drawing right now. I wonder how much pressure is on her to give back at least. Final four, oh, make a push. Yeah, she probably feels that. I oh, wonder I, how she'll deal with that. I couldn't imagine the amount of pressure that's on her right now. But yet, she goes out there and continues to kill it, game in and game out. Who was it that won it? Was it LSU that won it last year? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that that was that was quite the show. Oh yeah, that was a big deal when those two teams squared off against each other. Utah Angel women. Reese, is that right? The player from LSU. Yes. Yeah. Utah it went out. Did Utah go out in the Sweet 16 or Elite 8? I think it was the Sweet 16. Sweet but 16. it was to LSU. And then I saw the LSU coach say, and somebody asked what was what was the biggest test in that run. They said, Utah. Yeah. Yeah, because... Utah I, I, had them on the ropes. If that, you know... Oh, they did. It, all, they did. You know, if that uh, player hits those two free throws, yes. Utah probably wins that game. That's right. Yeah, and then... Uh, completely different outcome. Oh yeah, we'll see what happens there. But Caitlin, it's got to be pressure packed for Kate. Over eight hundred thousand on TikTok. A Caitlin Clark one on one thing with yep. TikTok. Yeah, is it TikTok? TikTok. Or yeah, that's what it's a, at least the reports said TikTok. All right, we need to get you TikToking. Me? Hey, no. yeah, no, I'm sorry. no, no. That's where I draw the line. Yeah. Look, Instagram. I'm trying to push out as much Instagram as I can. I just do stories. I'm not doing like posts and stuff. Uh, How about Matt, reels? Uh, no, no reels. No, Maddie and uh, and Sarah told me to just stick to stories. Oh, don't do reels. I I, that's reel what the they said. Day. They said okay. do stories. I get confused sometimes. Stories There's go so away, many different but they go away. But they say like, work. yeah, I don't know. Maybe and then they said, well, post it on a reel and then do. I don't know, man. I'm I'm confused on this yeah. stuff. I'm trying. I'm trying. We'll keep doing it. We'll post it somewhere. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I draw the line. I'm not doing TikTok. I don't have the app. I won't get the app. Uh, uh-uh. no way. No can do. That's where I draw the line. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Not letting the Chinese. Nah, never mind. Hands with Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I think There's you could let that air out, man. 
Let that yeah, air. I think that's fine. All right. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm behind you. All right. There's your good. Let's get to the bad. <laughs> now the bad. Dude, imagine this, Scotty. Rick Patino coming out and saying, oh, oh, we need a salary cap. Imagine Rick Patino. This was his, his quote. For basketball, have the Power Five and Big East Conference commissioners get together, create a salary cap between one and a half to two million dollars. All contracts delivered to the league and school offices. All other conferences establish their own salary cap. I would never exclude anyone from the NCAA tournament. Obviously, football is a different sport entirely. Essentially, Rick Pitino saying, I just, this payment thing is getting out of hand. I, I can't even believe this coming from him. <laughs> a guy that nearly sank Hawaii basketball with all of the, the bad attention he brought there and then sunk Louisville basketball with the negative attention that he brought there. Right? Uh, is that Louisville, right? I don't remember. Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Hawaii, like back in the, the 80s, didn't he have – I thought he was uh, – A coach of Hawaii? Yeah, I thought so. No, he didn't coach of Hawaii. He was at uh, he was at a Big East school for a while, Providence – and then, um, and then I think he went to the NBA after that, and then went to. So I thought he. I thought that he was kind of like he was an assistant there from seventy four to seventy six at Hawaii. At Hawaii. Oh, okay, yeah, I and thought, I thought you were saying head coach as an interim head coach. He was an interim head coach for one year in seventy six. And I, and I, that was that and was I, his first there, stop, by the way. Wasn't that there was a big scandal with that? If I remember right, but, but I, I might be wrong. I know at Kentucky there were all kinds of issues. And and Louisville. And I think even at Providence there was some I'm sure you there was some shady pretty stuff. loose in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. I would well, imagine. This is, this is the point I'm trying to make. Rick Pitino yeah, yeah. has been cheating and cheating and yeah. cheating. And now everybody's doing it legally and he's like, hold on. We need to make this more fair. Yeah. It would be like Saban what? falling from grace and being like, I don't know, at some G5, and then all of a sudden be like, hey, 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 let's stop now. Well, even like, yeah, yeah, it's like, well, I mean, like, even these Power Five guys, like, Saban's been cheating forever. Like, they all have been, but these big blood programs are like, oh, wait a minute. Now everybody can catch up to us now? We don't like it, this. It, to me, it's just fresh, it's, yeah. it's rich. It's yeah. like, Okay, guy. And by the way, I'm not saying Nick Saban's cheating. I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah. I think he did. Say well, he'd been cheating for years. It's. I mean, I I take that back. It's okay. not I, as do I need front to dump that in as, center as Rick Pitino. <laughs> yeah. R- Rick Pitino is just out in the open. Yeah. He's been cheating for years and years and years and years, and then he's like, "We just need to make this more fair." Yeah. Hey, guess what? If you drew a salary cap. Rick Pitino would find a way to cheat around. Oh yeah, that's what they want. They want it to give. They want more rules so that they can skirt around those rules. Yeah, they it, don't. They don't like the fact that that everybody can do anything now and nobody cares. And if you're wondering why Rick Pitino even has a voice anymore, it's because he's still coaching. He's coaches yeah. the St. John's. Yeah, and he's you know, he's a good coach. He's a legend, legendary coach. Yeah, but cheater. Yeah, full blown. Yeah. Was that on the air, Lloyd? Okay. Well, I don't know what that reference is. Yeah. No. <laughs> you don't need to. Yeah, we'll get it's to the okay. I'll tell you. We'll tell you during it's the break. Okay. All right. A there's bit your. Of a foodie. Uh, stop it. Was that on air? Yeah, that was. People, people pick up on that? 
Uh, people probably figure that one out. I'm sure. There's your bad. Let's get to the ugly. And of course, the ugly. This is interesting, Scotty, because Clay Thompson has been such a centerpiece with Golden State for years and years and years. And last night he was sidelined again, didn't finish out. Final seven minutes. He's been put on the bench. Moses Moody's picked up a lot of minutes, but Gui Santos has, he's just a rookie and he's been hitting in the G League, hasn't had a ton of minutes. Gui Santos finished out the game yeah. while Clay Thompson sat on the bench. And we're watching the end of a, a Hall of Famer, I yep. think. Yep. And, and frankly, the end of a dynasty, too, as a team overall with Golden State. Yeah, I think that we're going to see a collapse and we'll see some trade. I do wonder if we're going to see any type of movement in this trade deadline with Golden State. I'm wondering if they're to that point. Now, they've dealt with some real hardship. You know, real, real difficult things to deal with, and that all took place right here in the state of Utah. And that was that was tough to watch, but we're seeing everybody from Draymond Green who's going through. And by the way, I was watching a, a thing with Clay Thompson. God, I'm a big Clay Thompson fan. Yeah, I've always liked him. And they were asking about you know now you're back on the bench, and he's like, yeah, it's hard. It's really difficult. And then Draymond Green has to get himself on the camera. He's like, well, they benched me for blah, blah, and threw out a couple of cuss words. And you remember that beep, beep? And it's like, man, Draymond. It's not about you. I want to listen to Clay. I don't want to see your dumb face. I want to listen to Clay. He's done it right for years and years. And here's a dude that goes through an ACL tear, gets back, and within a year, a full rupture of an Achilles that takes him out for two seasons, and then he comes back to the league and averages 22 points a game. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wait, so he's just going to come back from that, huh? Three seasons, ACL to an Achilles tear that takes him out for an extended period of time, and now he's just back to 22 points a game, but we're seeing it yeah, really go down Sooner or later, fast. it catches up with you, especially it, when you've dealt with that kind of trauma. And even listening to Steve Kerr trying to justify it, because I was listening to Steve Kerr talk about putting Clay on the bench, and he's like, he's hinting towards it. He's like, the age and the injuries, and like, nobody wants to just come out and say, ah, time's up. Body's burnt out, man. It's done. All right, Hans and Scotty coming up next. Another edition of Whole World News. It's all straight ahead right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Okay, so you got them last time at Delta Center. That's a poll question for another day. The Delta Center or Delta Center? What did they want? They've asked me to drop the the, so I'm going to. Because? Nobody asked me. They don't care what I think. I just like that it bugs you. Okay. <laughs> talking to a guy I work with. He said, I was up early driving somewhere. I had you guys on. PK was cracking me up. He's giving you such a hard time. But I agree <laughs> with you. It's the Delta Center. But it was still <laughs> hilarious. I love that you've thought about it. Well, I have to. You keep bringing it up. I don't give a crap what they call it. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no difference to me. I care about what goes on the floor during the game. Catch DJ and PK. Mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai. Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's time to span the globe for the hard-hitting news you care about. Well, not really. But hey, at least we found it interesting. This is Whole World News on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
We've got, we got the, the whole world in our hands. Scotty, is my mic on? I just want to make sure. Sometimes our mics don't get turned yeah, on. Yeah, shake your fist at me. Do it again. Well, you're doing shake a live your read? Fist at me. If you're doing a live read, it's probably not on. Floyd loves to just let it hang for a second. Then, and then you start your live read four times. You're like, Euromax, ah, but ah, you don't ah, hear yourself. So you're ah, like, Euromax, Euromax, and then you look in there and... Lloyd's on his phone. He's he's yes. flipping through he's playing, Facebook. Nate, he's playing, sitting right next to he's me playing, is on my phone. Yes, playing Candy right. Crush over there. <laughs> you feel good? Lloyd's got a mouthful of cup of noodles. You're like, hey, could you just press the the mic button if you could? I'm trying to get a Euromax reading. I did like how you like I did, did the not, fist at him. I did not shake my fist. Oh now my. Oh now you turned his mic. <laughs> yeah, deal with it, dude. <laughs> All right. Hey, by the way, uh, let's give away a minky blanket, shall we? Call it number My 12 right now. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. You're not just going to win a minky couture blanket. You're going to win a monster-sized minky couture blanket. If you're calling number 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE, uh, keep listening uh, as we'll be giving away blankets all week long, courtesy of our good friend Sandy up there at Minky Couture. And we'll be live there on Friday as well. All right, whole world news hands. Uh, it is time to go to, uh, let's see, where are we at here? We are going to England. Um, actually, no, excuse me, the Canary Islands. Nice. Okay. Where a man, he has a dog that he absolutely loves. And you had a dog that would uh, lick your tears away as a yeah. bullied young man, right? I, I, yes, still do. So whenever you're sad, you got Buster or Gracie that will just uh-huh. wipe those tears away with the tongue. Yeah, and I've had Gus and Gizmo. All right, well, you better be careful because this man, uh, who has not been named, spent three weeks in the hospital and nearly died because of his chihuahua, who he let lick him. And because of that, uh, he uh, contracted a disease called Pastorella Montecalio which is a bacteria commonly found in dogs' mouths. Uh, because of that, it uh, then went into, uh, caused a rare form of pneumonia and then led to septic shock where he was on a ventilator for two weeks because this 71-year-old let his chihuahua lick him. I just, I hate these reports. What? Man, I'm just, I hate these reports. I'm just saying I guarantee it's, it's a you. public service announcement out there. Like, hey, if you got your dog... You may want to be a little careful. I guarantee you that dog was licking some of the teenage mutant turtle slime, whatever, the, you know, the toxic slime. He was licking something and then licked his master's face. That's how it went. Because dogs have been licking humans' face for millions and millions of years, and then they put out these scare tactic reports. I don't know. Doctors are now saying uh, if you let your dog lick you or kiss you, it is now described as a risk behavior. Oh, that is the dumbest thing. Can you just mute and block that? I, you know what? I don't do this to you on Whole World News. You pick what? out stories no. that get under my skin. That's not Literally true. Literally and figuratively. You do this on purpose. You know this bugs me. 
No, I I just I Lloyd. Want, I Lloyd. Want, I want you to be on the show for many many years. Lloyd's had his face licked. Oh, that's right. Lloyd's got more important things. He's got his cup of noodles in his mouth, so he can't answer. He he actually. Oh, is I don't on his know. Phone. I'm like letting giving somebody a minky blanket. The man's, what do you want the from man, the man's I'm, I'm, I'm getting picked on. And you're the one that I typically lean on because you're a dog guy, and then we team up against Scotty. Maybe you Scotty shouldn't have cursed and, at me and forced him back I, in his corner. Maybe you shouldn't have cursed at me about your, about your hey, you, report hey, how you, dog saliva you guys realize causes our, deadly You guys realize disease. our boss is in the studio right now. Like, maybe we ought to like, rein it in a little bit. Well, you should have thought of that before you brought up some Canary I, Island bullcrap. Dogs on Canary Island probably eat dead animals and dead rodents. And, and I, No, I don't let my dogs eat dead rodents. And Nate then and I want food. you to be on this show for decades to come. Like, we want you, we don't want you to die of this disease because Gracie was licking your face and, and you, you, you it, contract some rare form of pneumonia. Until... You have the it, tongue of a dog, and it is Eagle Mountain. There's Remove who knows who knows what they're licking out there. Okay, the so what's going on? Everything eye. all right? No, everything's oh, not all right. Everything okay? Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? How how can I help you? He's, how can he's I help reading your tears? a report saying that dog saliva is killing people because he said if you let a dog lick your face, you're going to get a a flesh eating bacteria that will kill you. It'll send you septic and have you dead in days. This guy it's almost most, died from the canary. This is the most Scotty story ever, but whatever. Between that I, I, and I'm you saying sorry, that I'm trying to help you. I'm dogs, trying to help people out there. Dogs don't eat their owners. You, now, there are some rare cases where dogs are stuck He's in a house. He's trying to for, kill him so then he can go ahead and oh, eat him. I am so done with you and dogs. I'm just done. I can't believe that we do need to get you a dog. Like it, it just needs to happen. It's when a, time. When the time a, is here. When a dog's tongue takes that tear from your eye before it even hits your cheek, you know you're loved. And you know what? If I die because of that love, I'm willing to die for that love. Wow. Because it's unconditional. You're it's in pure. septic shock, having seizures at a hospital, like, but I still like that dog. Come on. Well, I, I'll let the dog lip, lick the, the drool that's coming out of the corner of my mouth. Dog will still care for me. All right. Gosh, yeah, but I, you you know what you know what irritates me. You know these stories. I hate them. I, that was not my intention. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. Coming up, we'll kick off your two o'clock hour straight ahead. Ninety-seven five, the KSL Sports Zone.